Hello, my name is Paul Cornelis, and welcome to the next episode of Harkins Builders' new podcast, Conversations in Construction. For those of you who don't know, Harkins Builders is an employee-owned general contractor specializing in commercial, government, and multifamily projects. Harkins services the Mid-Atlantic region with three locations and has over 55 years of construction experience. At Harkins, we share our successes and our failures because we learn, grow, and become closer to one another by telling our stories and lessons learned. Today, I have with me Bobby Widmer. Bobby is one of our project managers out of the Mid-Atlantic region. So we've invited him in today to talk a little bit about senior living and talk a little bit about the differences of senior living to regular market rate apartment, which we do a lot. So so Bobby's got some experience in both of those. So thank you very much for coming in. Good to see you. Thank you for having me. Good to see you as well. When was the first time you were on a Harkins construction site? 1992, as a laborer. But home. even before that, did your dad ever bring you out? To- yeah, he would take me around places, and I got to see some neat stuff. I remember going into an old building we were going to renovate in Baltimore City, and it had a speakeasy in it. Get um, out. So it was pretty neat. Yeah, he's been taking me around for a while. Yeah, yeah. So, so just to give everybody a little bit of background, so your dad was with Harkins for... 35 years. 35 years. That's crazy. Yeah. So I remember. So he was up in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. where I'm out of, and he was one of the kind of early leaders up there. And your sister's here too, right? Dawn is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's so been a- here for a while as well. I think like 25 years. Longer than you or what? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've only had 17 consecutive years. So how many bright views then? You've been on a few. Uh, this is my third one with hands on. Wow. Uh, completely. Wow. So. Yeah, those are different animals. Yes. They're large and very intricate, a lot of details. It's a beautiful product when we're finished. Yeah. From my perspective, I mean, I've done some senior projects, but they've been... What One was kind of on the Brightview side for, like, Sunrise. You know, as a company, we have a handful of some senior clients, you know, Brightview being our biggest. Sunrise, we've done a couple projects for. We've done work for Ericsson and some of those people, but we've also done a lot of uh, affordable senior. But those kind of market rate senior buildings, it's pretty interesting as far as just thinking about it from like an amenity mm-hmm. standpoint. I mean, you know, you did a big project on the market rate side, the Winthrop, which was a huge project. What are the differences on the amenities you see from the market rate side to a senior? I think we're about a ratio of 55% of living space or living quarters and 45% of that area being amenity spaces. Whereas the Winthrop, I think, was closer to 90-10. Wow. So there's a lot of amenities that the client likes to offer. Yeah. And they're pretty hard to finish. There's a lot of detail in them. Oh, I'm sure those finishes, too, because a lot of it is, you know, I remember just kind of coordinating with the interior designers and all the different, whether it be artwork or furniture and all these things. It's it's crazy. So Alman Asner is our designer there. And they're, they do a great job. And they come out a lot of times in, in the interim while we're framing and roughing in. Because we might put a horn strobe in the corridor yeah. in some space. And they're like, oh, no, that's artwork that goes there. You have to move it left or right or that you wouldn't normally do. You're just building off the electrical plans. But you really got to cross-reference everything with the ID drawing. Also, from a senior side versus a regular market rate side, a market rate apartment, you've got like one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedrooms. But with the senior, your mix of units. Yeah, I think we have like 45 unit types out there. Between the AL, the AZ wing, 
and then the IL units. So it's it's hard. You're not repeating anything. It's like you're creating when we do a checklist or something to check the quality, yeah. you might only be able to use that three times, and then you've got to create one for another type of unit. So yeah. it's a lot of differences. You don't just have one thing and just keep reproducing it. You've got to keep yeah. checking. That's got to hamper schedule. That's got to hamper coordination and things like that. It's just... Coordination's tough. A lot of dimensions that aren't there that yeah. you should just be able to transfer from one unit to the next. Answer me this. On a straight-up market rate, deal but you've got a bunch of different subcontractors you use on a senior side you have to have more probably 30 percent more it's 30 percent i think the latest project i'm on is brightview columbia and i believe we're going to have about 92 contracts on that one wow where i think a market rate is going to have between 55 and 60 so it's a lot that, of extra players yeah because that's the paperwork for each of those contractors the schedules for each of those contractors the coordination for mm-hmm. all of that that's got to be critical that being said a lion's share of what you do now is in advance of when you even put a shovel on the ground Mm -hmm. and how important and how much ahead of the game do you try to get in order to be successful in these senior projects so we start buying out like six months before the ntp so we are getting a lot of those done and trying to get them ready get some middles ready because it's a lot of delegated design to have that all up front i mean out here we started in columbia in november and i think we were dollar volume wise over 85 percent bought out by the time we started the project so that was a huge benefit especially looking back not knowing we were going to have a pandemic yeah. That we were able to procure a lot of that material well ahead of schedule, so it never became an issue. That's something that within an, uh, a typical senior job, that's what you want to be doing anyways, Yes, to be that far out in front. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's some, just because of the finishes and some of the differences with the amenities, I'm, I'm sure you've got longer list of long lead items. Yes. You know, you, it, most of them have like commercial kitchens. Yes. On this one in particular, the commercial kitchen plus two serveries, and we were able to sign that trade partner way early. And... They helped with the design. They're constantly changing and upgrading. Could be a dishwasher or something else. But to get that in, because we need to know it for the groundworks. Yeah. And having all that stuff coordinated prior to prior to putting a shovel in the ground. Yeah, that's got to be critical. The complexity just on that side. And not only that, your building type and your structure. You know, you've got different use groups, yes. right? Yep. We usually have an I, I2. Okay. And then a, a 5A. 5AB in the wood side, and then the I2, which is structural metal panels. With We, we do Hambro on the bright views with the port decks. And those the panel systems, everything being penalized and welded, it's very important that everything is incorporated, you know, PTAC sleeves and window locations, and the window rough openings have to be right. Because if you have to move any of them, it gets very expensive very quick. Yeah, you've got a little bit more flexibility on the 5A side. Right. You can make those changes unless you were penalizing, but we stick build 90% of the time on those. It's been a learning curve. Yeah, 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 okay, I can imagine. I'm sure the subcontractor base for those, it's got to be different than our typical market rate apartment group you would envision. It helps with some of the trade partners using the, that we've been using have done a couple of these because they know how hard this building is or the changes that come up and they're able to adjust and not yeah. stick their heels in the ground and not be accommodating. I'm sure specifically on the on the life safety and fire side, that's probably critical because the use group, you know, you're required to do. And again, for the senior side, I think whether it's pole stations and, mm-hmm. and certain things like that, which you don't have in your typical 
right market. Yeah, right. they have like a nurse call or an yeah. e-call system that goes in, and yeah, it's important that the trade partner knows, and they're also taking care of all the low voltage. There's a very intricate oh, the low voltage, low voltage, got um, you know, AV system and the voltage for the the WAPs, you know, the internet service and everything that runs through the building. Yeah, knowing that now, and and the trade partner really knowing what's in their scope and understanding it. Because they still have some third-party vendors to gotcha. bring in for the sound system and things. But we have to do the backbone for it. Knowing where everything goes and yeah. they don't come out after all the finishes are in. Oh, no, you've got to move that speaker four inches from the corner, not eight. <laughs> and now you have wallpaper that took you six months to get in. Oh. And now you have to cut through it. So it is nice having repeat trade partners. In yeah. There. Also, too, I guess on the flip side of that, you also have a team of consultants that are probably double your typical team of consultants oh, yeah. on a market rate <laughs> side. And nine out of 10 times, we probably don't have the luxury of selecting those. No. So working with those folks has got to be critical. Yes. Yeah, we have a lot of commissioning agents, yeah. and we have the energy rating that we have to worry about out there. The, like I said, the vendors for the AV system, they use ECS to come in and make sure that all of the MEP trades are being installed correctly. Yeah. It just, it, there's a lot to look at. And at the end of the day, a lot of reports to close out. So it's important that we stay on top of those as we go through the project. Yeah. Yeah. Because each of those consultants is demanding their own checklist based right. on here, listen, this is, even though we're a certified vendor of ABC Senior Living, here's our process that you need to follow in exactly. order to make sure that our product is installed right. Yeah. It just adds to that complexity. Very much you know, so. I guess I'm, I'm thinking kind of a little bit out loud, but when you're dealing with all that complexity, I know that technology has kind of helped us on a lot of different things like Procore and are you utilizing and see a benefit of like BIM or coordinating and, you know, as we get into that, uh, specifically on that senior side. We started BIM modeling of this job probably three months before we started the process. And that's been a huge payoff for us. We don't need to BIM the whole building. It's just we did the underground because there's a lot of coordination with the footers and groundworks, especially in the electric room. This building in particular has a, a generator that can take care of the whole building. So there's all these automatic transfer switches and you've got a pipe to them or you've got to put everything in the ceiling. So we like to go underground. It makes for a cleaner project. Yeah, because everybody's fighting for space yes. and hallways. And, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm and, with it. And I'm then, with it. So that's just part of it is underground. Yeah. And then you get into these ceilings, these common areas, where they have these bulkheads that are well-defined, and, and it's all everything is symmetrical. So you're trying to make sure everything's roughed in correctly. And sometimes that truss could have been moved over three inches. You would have allowed for this recessed light fixture to fit in there. But we didn't, and now everything has to move because of a three-inch issue. Knowing it before you're even setting trusses it's and huge. having that yeah. BIM model set up so you can identify any clashes and getting ductwork to pass through these openings. The areas that we deal with in these common areas are pretty wide open without many columns in there. So you're running trusses that are way longer, which could do a couple things. It tighten up the web of the truss or bring in the spacing between the trusses to tighten it up and allow that big open space appearance but it affects what goes on in that ceiling so it's important that in bim we find all yeah. those issues out and we're really well i think we're seeing the rewards on this one this is the first project that we've done with it that my team in particular has done with it Brightview fair oaks has, has worked on as well and i think they took it to another level and did a lot more bim coordination but then you go to procore as the second part yeah. of that we have found it. it's a game changer. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, one, we can keep the as-built drawings live all the time. Yeah. And there are, on the last Brightview we completed, I think we had over 60 ASIs and 460 RFIs. Wow. So we're able to as-built these drawings in real time as soon as we get those answers back or the new documentation. 
insert pages or whatever, and then the field has it. So they're never, oh, nobody showed me that change. You got it right here. Yes, you got it. So every time you click on your drawings, there's the change. I think it helps us as a contractor. It helps our trade partners to track changes that they're not losing money on by being able to submit extras with. There's less loss of documentation. As far as doing all the checklists or managing the reports, we're able to create observations in there that alert the trade partners that they've been dinged for something and they need to correct it. Yeah, because you mentioned the amount of ASIs or changes. So I'm sure in your experience, you probably see more on a senior project than you would on a market rate project or? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, the Winthrop, which we did, the owner was very accommodating. If something changed and was going to have a cost impact, they might find a different way to deal with it. It might be a lot simpler. On the Brightviews, we're trying to keep the original design intent. It's very important to the project. Yeah. So they're less likely to vary and we'll find a way to fix issues. And again, it just, I think, goes along that common theme of the complexity. Not that the market rate apartment projects can't be complex, because they can. When I think of like a senior building, a lot of senior, definitely on the market rate side, you know, they have a certain aspect that is common amongst all their projects. I, I guess for Brightview, it's maybe like their grand stair. Right. You know, on the Sunrise project, they had like a streetscape. So you've got that one kind of piece that it's pretty complicated too to incorporate that in a specific unit. There's got to be challenges associated to those and trying to fit those in. It's a different way of going about, I think, building a building than a, a normal kind of market rate deal because of those elements. This Brightview has a movie theater in it and a bar and, and private dining and three dining rooms and they have a lot of signature things that they do in all of them that are pretty complex to coordinate because then you've got to bring in other vendors that work with the space that aren't ours, but the owners. The Grand Stairs, a beautiful feature that they yeah. put in all their projects. The Brightview Columbia has a nice two-story Grand yeah. Stair area with a huge chandelier in it. Everything is just coordinated and very precise. Yeah. So when you look at it dead on and, and you're looking down the center, everything is spaced off of that center line. It just it makes it tough, especially when you're working two stories in the air and oh, trying yeah. to make sure that there's nothing in your way. Um, we mentioned it a little earlier, but it's those trade partners, too, that understand that yes. and are familiar with that. I'm sure your trim carpenter is not the guy that's putting in cabinets at a, you know, right. it's someone different. Or, you know, maybe you going back to all your different subcontracts, maybe you've got a specific one just for that grand stair. You know, you got to kind of look at things that way. That is definitely one where that's a $50,000 scope and you have another subcontractor in there to yeah. do it and the shop drawings are really hard to get because they're only building the stair portions not the landings and having to coordinate that with the rough carpenter who's framing those landings and and getting everything precise because like at the end of the day all that trim has to line up perfectly and it has to look flawless yeah and it does at the end of the day i know as a company we don't do a lot of hotels i think we're we're renovating one right now on the commercial side but a lot of that aspect is a high-end hospitality yeah. kind of hotel. Well, it looks like a resort at yeah, the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, or a resort. So it's pretty nice. I mean, I guess they, you know, they're building it with it in mind that the, the tenants don't even really need to leave the building. They can, yeah. but they really have no need to. They have all the luxuries right at their fingertips there. And I guess that takes you out into the hardscapes as well. You know, It leads out to the outside where they have a bocce court, an outdoor grill, fire pits, and water features, and yeah. little golf 
greens that they can practice on. And I'm sure trying to coordinate all those different elements, whether it's the dining area, the bocce areas, all those different things, and then to throw on top of that, you've got like ADA. Oh. Which I'm sure <laughs> that's got to drive you nuts. Yes. ADA and, well, fair housing is the bigger one in there. Okay. So I think on Columbia, we have 50% of the ALAZ portion of the building is ADA requirements or has ADA or accessible units. All right. The rest of the building is fair housing. So it still has these strict elements that we have to follow with all the clearances and height of objects and it just makes it very tough you know a lot of times it's the changing in the process or the requirements that you get for where they're measuring from on one job it could have been from the drywall and the next one it's coming off the trim but huh. there wasn't enough room so now you have to adjust and everything has to work and we do get pre drywall hanging inspections from our accessibility consultant okay and i'm proud to say that on, on columbia it was very minimal yeah. I think we've learned our, our lesson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hard way. <laughs> yes. It happens. Well, it the happens. design team did a great job of putting in some uh, some variances in there for us. Yeah. You know, positive variance where instead of having it down to the eighth of an inch, they're giving us two inches of fluff to, to get it right. Got it. Got so it's it. been a big, big help. Yeah, and, and I mean, that goes back to the coordination with that design team and just kind of working through that. And I'm sure this is not the first rodeo with... The design team that you've been with. No, this is, uh, we've been working with Horde Copeland Mock now. It's been a good partnership. Yeah. And they understand when we're having the problems in the field that they can make adjustments to help yeah. us out. Yeah, you learn from the last one. But again, they're all their own building. They so. are. And what makes it tough is one will be in design while this one's being built, but those issues won't be caught on that one. They'll be caught on the next one. Yeah. You know, how you schedule a senior building versus how you'd schedule like a normal building. It's similar. Or it, you, I mean, you, the progression's the same, but you definitely allow for more time before you hang drywall, for say. We have to have the interior designer out and the uh, architect to walk through. And they do a box walk and, and look at everything and make sure that we're not going to affect any of their furniture layouts. Gotcha. And, and we actually paint the furniture on the ground when we're doing okay. the units so they can visualize where everything is. So that's a big collaborative effort. Just for an example, we would eight weeks from dry-in, we would probably be hanging. Okay. On this one, it might be 10 to 12 just okay. because of those extra steps. And I would also envision that you've got more stuff going on, um, whether it's, you know, as we mentioned before, some of that life safety or the nurse call or some other systems that are in there. In general, it's got to be a little bit longer of a build, I would assume. Yeah, probably another month and a half, yeah. two months. We have a model on these, and it's it's contractual that once we get substantial completion, we have 45 days to be done with all the punch items. Okay. So it's really important that as we go, we are closing out any lists along gotcha. the way and not leaving blind yeah. share at the end. Yeah, that punch, that's got to be critical, that whole punch process. Right. You've got so many things to be looking at. Yeah. Oh, there's so many reports coming yeah. in from all different places. And I think our team has done a great job of consolidating those lists and really tracking the open items to, to completion to constantly make you know, the job smaller. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's got to be critical, especially down at crunch time. You know, once you get all hung out. Well, they I, always say that the last 10% is the hardest. That's no joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's also true with a market rate project. You know, I think they both have that commonality. Right. That when you're punching and after you closed in, you know, once you get past that hump, it's a, still a long ways before you get home. Right. Um, and it's important. And I'm sure those getting back to the differences amongst those, you know, not only is it from the consulting side, from the subcontractor side, but even from, you know, Harkin's side, just have 
having that experience and that knowledge of those different type of systems, knowing that you've got a generator that actually backs up the whole building versus just one operate in an elevator. Knowing that from a superintendent or project engineer's perspective is important in you know being involved and engaged in a senior building, I'm sure. Yeah, I think that it's different too when we look at the market rate in the senior living. When you're looking at those systems and getting closed out with everything, the one benefit of doing the market rate that I do remember is that we were able to do phased occupancy. But on this, you need the whole package to be delivered at one time. So you don't really have any yeah. relief there. You yeah. have to get the whole thing turned over so they can start leasing up. Even though you have, like you mentioned earlier, you've got the non-combustible and then you've got the 5A. So, so they still can't separate those or in some instances? I guess it would be per jurisdiction, but the model that we've been using in the contract that we've developed with Brightview, the whole building has to be turned over at once. Yeah. As a benefit to the owner, a lot of times we've been fortunate enough to get the office area done and allow for that to be a temporary UNO. So they can do pre-leasing? Or, they can or get do... in, they can get every other system set up. The IT department can get their area going. It just benefits the owner that, that much. To, yeah. So when it is time to start bringing in tenants, they're already going, Yeah. instead of it being at the last minute. And... I guess it is a different, because of the services that they provide there too, they almost need the whole building. Yeah, they don't yeah. want us walking around it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, where it's, it's different on a, on a market rate side because you can isolate that and people are kind of coming in and out of their own apartments, right. whereas on the senior side, it's a little bit more free-flowing. And I think it would be dangerous if we were there still working and yeah. they had to worry about us in the building. Yeah, um, so you had mentioned it's a couple more months, typical, mm-hmm. than, than a regular. And I know the pre-construction aspect of it, would you argue that your engagement also needs to be even a couple sooner a couple more months prior to like you'd say on a a normal side so maybe even the whole life cycle you know when you're engaged pre-con you want to be involved even sooner than your typical just because of the complexity yeah i I would think that we're from the project managers getting involved with the pre-construction process is probably 12 months out yeah in pre-construction and then the lead superintendent comes in we try to get him involved as early as possible but Definitely the two months prior, they are getting deep into the project. For logistics, for scheduling, yep. for Need all a lot that of input of, from them. Yeah. And again, you know, Harkins, as, as a company, we hang our hat on and do a tremendous job of getting involved early on the pre-construction, it, definitely the construction personnel. But I would just say that on the senior side, I think it would be even more imperative to, to get in even earlier, as, yeah. as soon as you can, just because of the complex nature of these buildings. Before I let you off the hook, give me one or two nuggets of kind of takeaways that you would give if I decided to put my construction hat back on and get back out in the field and I wanted to get more senior living work under my belt. What would be the one or two things that you would tell me to really look for and focus on as opposed to my experience and maybe some of the market rate side? We have over 75 closets in our building. And we found it a huge benefit to get started on those as early as possible, get them closed in and get them finished up. Huh. So that would be one of the uh, one piece of advice I would definitely definitely lend. It doesn't seem like much, but at the yeah. end of the day, you're not walking into those closets all the time. So it's almost like you have to dedicate one person to make sure that everything's happening and those things get taken off the radar. Yeah. Without really bothering you. It seems, you know, like I said, somewhat trivial, but it yeah. Yeah. it pays off. And then just getting started on the uh, MEP rough-ins as early as possible, Yeah, it'll lead to the coordination issues, and, and you can flush all that stuff out and 
keep the project on schedule. So Rick Cocky and I did that sunrise up in Jackson. And I, I do remember they had a gazillion closets, come to think of it. Yeah. And everything went back to those closets. <laughs> I remember one with like four electric panels. There was one with a communication panel. One had just, it, it was. It was, going back, thinking about it, it was a little bit perplexing on why they had so many. And we were, we were in them all day long. And it just eats up your time. I it mean, does. it could be the hardware. It could be the yeah. you miss patching that hole or yeah. or painting that corner or putting the base in. Yeah. But if somebody was just dedicating them, I think we have 220 addresses or room numbers in the common areas okay. alone. So if you take out 70 of them, there's a third of it right there yeah. that you've shrunk the building by, and you could do it early and get them out of the way. Yeah, it is. It's just kind of making things smaller and more manageable yep. and then move on. <laughs>